pushing buttons and pulling triggers. This is Gun Funny. Welcome to Gun Funny episode 213. Do you believe it's been 213 episodes? Damn. All right, today I'm going to chat with Mike, a.k.a. Grand Thumb, discuss an insane justification to confiscate your guns in Hawaii, highlight a new 3D-printed suppressor from SIG, and talk about a woman who recently discovered she was a felon for 20 years. I'm your host, Ava Flanell, and Flannel Daddy. I always want to say Flannel Daddy. It's just, this is cool, (laughs) right? Super unfortunate. Everyone, actually, I don't know if anybody's mentioned you to me, but a lot of people are like, oh, so, you know, Flannel Daddy and Ava Flannel. And I was like, man, please. I've, please. I've heard that before, too. And I'm like, you know, of all last names to be gifted and of all the weird things that happen in the industry, like how unfortunate. Yeah. Well, and and honestly, I mean, I'm just like, watch out until I come out with my own flannel line. So, you know, <laughs> just flannel. <laughs> you so just crushed my own flannel so, line. Yeah. I mean, jokes like I'm like, oh, we got the flannel daddy in the house, but like, we're going to see who the real daddy is at the end of this. <laughs> oh my God. Um, yeah, all right. But before we get into like how you got, you know, your weird uh, street names and stuff like that, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. taking a quick break, talking about Smith and Wesson, which I know you have quite a bit of experience with. Quite a you bit. Know, you know how I know? Actually, how do you know? Well, I don't watch your YouTube channel, but I think, that's every, I think that's every content creator out there. Like, I don't think that we watch each other's content. Like, who has time for that? I barely have time to create my own, you know? You know, there there's very few things I watch on YouTube outside of cat videos. And to be honest, Sage Dynamics, because I like that guy a lot, a lot. But that's pretty much it. Oh, I, I lately I've been watching Praying Mantis YouTube videos. Like about Praying Mantises? Yeah, because there's some, so I'm staying at my cousin's house and she has a few by her house and, Uh and she was like, yeah, you know, when the praying mantis, when they mate, the female like bites the male's head off and then they're still able to reproduce. The male? Yeah. And I mean, mean, (laughs) the whole thing is just crazy. And then she was like, yeah. And then when the babies hatch, there's like 300 of them. And she was like, have you ever seen a little baby? So I'm like, totally like. Now that's all that comes up in my YouTube feed is like praying mantis and I get notifications I mean, and I'm like the bug lady now, like just because I, I, you know, was curious to research a little bit more and now you know, it, it's pretty creepy, honestly, how, how good social media is at predicting what you want to see, right? Oh. They've gotten very, very good at it. Yeah, no, it's totally crazy. Or you think it and then it shows up. That's or you speak it, all your devices are listening to you and uh, and they're going to pop it up. You know, you talk about bikes and like simply sitting here talking about bikes right now with you with my phone sitting right by you. Guaranteed, I'm going to get some bike advertisements on my Instagram feed or my Facebook feed probably I'm, by the end of the day. I'm going to bet that praying mantises are going to show up in your phone. And you're going <laughs> to <laughs> like, I told you those things are crazy. <laughs> they are. They, they really are. They're, it's a pretty, you know. So I actually have my uh, degree in biology um, for undergrad. And so when it t- comes to the animal kingdom, yeah, that stuff's um, really fascinating. Um, animals in general, like animal behavior, we did like a, did like a year studying that, um, like how animals know how to do things or you know how they behave when you kind of put them into um, different situations is probably one of the most interesting things, I think, in science because they 
the way they uh, cognate, the way that they behave is way different from us. Whereas animals kind of just know what to do. You know, we don't, you know, we have a learned behavior, but for like a cat, a cat just kind of knows how to cat. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's very fascinating. Yeah. I actually, I think that stuff's fascinating as well. And I'm like very much into nature and, you know, being nature. A over here, which, you know, but. it is. It is. I don't, I don't. Were we talking about Smith and Wesson? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We so, got okay. You know how I know that you mess with Smith and Wesson products? How? I'm not going to name his name, name drop anybody, but somebody who works at Smith and Wesson, they happened to talk to you first before they're about to release a product, and then they called me, and then they were like, "Yeah, you know, we're going to send you this product too." And they're like, "Yeah." Earlier, we were talking to Grantham. And I was like, "Oh, okay, cool." <laughs> name drop, you know. <laughs> Casual oh, name so drop. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, so he's going to be reviewing that gun. I'll have to make sure my review is even better. Dang. Wait, yeah. uh, what firearm was it? Uh, I, this might have been the Shield Plus, if we're being honest. I think you made a joke like that you were going to make a video of just like it sitting on the floor and you would <laughs> look at it the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think I ever got the Shield Plus from him. I think I made a, a joke about one of their... Uh, on one of their product lines about that particular gun. And he commented back, it was pretty savage. He was like, are you sad? Are you meaning this just because you're sad? Cause you didn't get one. And I was like, God, hit me hard. Yeah. Well, that's weird. Cause I got quite a few. So <laughs> nice. Uh, clearly yeah. Better, better reviewer yeah. than I am. Yeah, I guess so. It's kind of awkward. Um, maybe we'll <laughs> get one. I'll call my people and tell them to, you know, maybe set something up so they could send one to you. But well, now I'm going to get the call from, Smith and Wesson, and they're going to be like, "Well, we we're, we were going to sh- send you this gun, but we had one, and we sent it to, <laughs> to Ava, so she's going to handle that review." Because I'm the real Flanell daddy. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Just you know, you you say that lightly, but you don't want the title. Believe me, you do. Do you do not want that title? I You're going to regret everything. I know. I probably don't. Okay, so what products do you have like experience with from Smith and Wesson? Oh man, do you have any favorites? You know, I'm sure you have I, lots of experience, but you know, anything. no, no, you're good. Uh, so you know, when it comes to Smith and Wesson products, I think the one uh, firearm that I've always loved from them is the Shield. When it first came out, do you remember that was it 2011, I believe. Yeah. So this was my this was like my third gun that I ever bought. No kidding. Yeah, it wasn't 2011. I think it was 2012, 2013. Oh, it was a little later. Okay. In any case, I remember when I got it um because uh, before i had lived in states where it wasn't necessary to uh conceal carry half the time it's pretty rural and so i was living in florida at the time and when the shield came out like i had just started conceal carrying i was carrying it at glock 19 at the time and uh, i remember when the shield came out and i'm like well, it was pretty cool when it first came out if you remember there was kind of a lot of hype behind it and um you know, I, I bought it and I think it was one of the first videos I did on a firearm, like way back in the day before my channel was like really anything. But yeah, you know, um, because of that, you know, that little shield kind of has a, a special place in my heart. Like, you know, it was one of the first guns I really carried a lot. Like I carried it for like a solid five years and, you know, not the best gun, but um, yeah. you, no matter what, it, it served its purpose while I had it. And I really did like it quite a bit. Yeah, it was pretty like groundbreaking. I remember being really happy that I got it. And because it was pretty hard to get at the, at the time, it was you know like sold out everywhere. It was, and what was it? It was a it, it wasn't a single stack. It was like a staggered single stack. Like it, it you know, it wasn't quite a double stack. So it was like much. It was kind of one of those first kind of early pioneers of what you see a lot of today yeah. with a lot of the concealed carry weapons. So you know, yeah. they did a really good job with it. Yeah, 
Well, so now with the Shield Plus, they've definitely kind of taken that up a notch. So if you guys, you know, if you're like Mike and you're a fan of the regular Shield, the original, definitely check out the Shield Plus. If you guys want to find out more information about them, head on over to smith-wesson.com. All right. I like them. Learn the things you never knew on Deconstructing the Industry. Grantham, let's get into it. I'm ready. Yes, okay, we're getting into it. It's so fun. No, (laughs) all right. (laughs) So for listeners who aren't familiar with you, which is so crazy because, you know, right now I have like all this house construction going on Mm -hmm. and a million freaking people in my house. Like, I think that's the one thing I can't wait is like, I'm just like, I just want everybody out of my house. Um, yeah, I I can I can only imagine there there's yeah. so much peace with being alone finally. Yeah, well, especially because I live alone. Like I am used to that. Like it's not even like I always have people around me, and so it's just yeah, it's just a lot. But uh, one of my tile guys, you know, I was like, oh, I'm gonna have Grand Thumb on. He's like, I love that guy. Oh, and and we sent you a little <laughs> a little recording. You did. I got a I got a uh, a compliment and a diss at the same time. It was it's pretty compliment this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He was like, what did he say? He was like, hey. He said, Ava doesn't find you handsome, but I do. And I love you. And I was like, okay, well, <laughs> I'll take it. You know, it, it's really weird to me because I, you know, I don't see myself as anybody else, but, you know, who I was, you know, you're, you're just who you are. So, like, I don't, I don't really see the fame. I don't really. Like, I don't think of myself at all as a big name in the firearm industry. Like, I think of big names. I think of, like, guys like Jerry Michalik and you know, Travis Haley and, uh, you know, those, those early pioneers. Like, I remember watching those Travis Haley videos back in the day. Yeah. And so, when I, even till today, when I see him, I'm still like, wow. You know, even though I talk to him, you know, a lot and we, we're friends now, but, like, I still see him. I'm like, you know, that's the guy, like, when I was first getting into the military like i watched those videos and i sat there with my ar-15 like looking at my computer on a not pirated copy playing on my computer and you know it and it was um you know there's just a lot of you know mythos behind those guys there's a lot of you know what i would consider like actual clout you know so i look at myself and i'm like i'm just (laughs) fucking fucking dude you know making videos like you know filming my basement and stuff i'm like ah I'm okay, I guess. Yeah, actually, so I could not agree more. Not to say that <laughs> I could not agree more that you're nothing. <laughs> no, I I feel the same way. Like, not to say I'm like hot shit or anything. Um, but I mean, I did go to breakfast this morning, and the cooks in the back like recognized me. They asked my waitress to ask my name because they, you know, thought that they recognized me and they thought that I was Ava Flanell. <laughs> no I was way. Like, oh yes, brush off the shoulders as a oh wow, yeah, you know? you're getting there. I'm getting there. Yeah. But I mean, I felt the same way about like calling on Noir. Like I used to watch him and I'm like, God, he's so well-spoken and he's so uh, cool. And then you meet him in person or you're hanging out with him at events and stuff. And you're like, oh man, this is, and you're like trying it. You're like, be cool, be cool, be cool. Be cool. Don't do anything weird. Yeah, you know, and especially <laughs> lately you're hanging out with like all the cool people like Kentucky Ballistics. And uh, you know, here's the funny thing about Kentucky because you, you brought him up. So I have to talk about him. Yeah. So, you know, he was kind of rising to fame around the same time, you know, I was doing this whole YouTube thing and he's doing awesome, obviously. And I, you know, I just don't watch any YouTube videos. So I really didn't know much about him. And then of course he had his accident and, uh, you know, we supported him as best we could and he's back on his feet. He's doing great. And I actually only met him 
pretty recently. And um, when I met him, he ended up being like the nicest, most genuine, like heartfelt person I've ever met in my life. And like, I felt bad about myself. I'm like, I am not a good person after meeting Scott. Like, I don't know if you've met him, but he is such a good person, like in real life, like just such a genuine, nice guy. You want to know how I met him the first time? How? Okay. So I think I was at an event and I drank a little too much. It was like open bar. I wasn't like trash, you know, like, Ava, you know. no. yeah, no, but I mean, I was a little tipsy. And so I maybe went live on my Patreon group or something. And I was like, Oh, look, and over there, there's Iraq veteran and <sighs> over there, you know, uh 22 plinkster. And then there's this guy in the corner and it was Kentucky ballistics. And I was God. like, I don't even know who he is. <laughs> I really didn't know who no, he you was. didn't. I had no idea who he was. And I was like, I don't know, just some weird guy in the corner. And he heard me and he's like, what? And then I just like pass over him. And I'm like, and then there's a, uh, you know, I don't know, uh, military arms channel over there. And, mm-hmm. you know, and so it, things didn't start off the best. <laughs> we are friends now. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. He's such a nice guy. Yeah. He, he's just a, genuinely good family person and uh you know because you never know who you're going to meet and how they're going to be well and then have you met people before where you think they're so great on the internet and then you meet them in real life and you're like wow you're kind of a dick <laughs> yeah 100 percent 100 percent or you think they're so fun to hang out with and you hang out with them you're like i've never been more bored in my life yeah i'm, I'm sure that's precisely what people think when they meet me like this guy is a huge piece of shit I mean, you never know. I like to think I'm better in person. You you want to believe so, but maybe you're like, maybe it's like an actor where you're like actually super plain in person. You can, yeah. you know, it's only on camera that you have personality. I don't know. Cause when the camera starts rolling, I freeze up and I'm like, I hate <laughs> persona on camera, but like outside I'm like, I would be my friend. <laughs> you know, well, you know, uh, so uh, for the longest time I edited my own videos. So I would have to watch myself on the struggle bus trying to talk eloquently mm-hmm. about a gun when I'm like a Neanderthal. But now I have a, um, my camera guy, Micah, does all of my editing, which is great because it frees up a lot of time to do research oh, and yeah. prepare for other videos. But now he has to sit through me fumbling, trying to find words to talk about. Like, I swear, I swear, like, I, there have been times when I've tried to, like, say, like one phrase, like probably 10 times. And I'm like apologizing to Micah now on camera. Yes. <laughs> it's just like horrible for him. He's like, he'll, when I like, when I hit that, he'll send me the video and be like, are you serious right now? I, I couldn't say the word like bolt face or something like that. You know, he's like, come on, Mike. Yeah. Or if you just keep messing it up and then you're like, all right, let's rephrase, go to, you know, yeah, well, I, I agree. I exactly. Or on camera, like with the Benellium 4. Um, sometimes the bolt can hang up at the back with the shell carrier up. So I had to go push the shell carrier down and that bolt dropped. And there is nothing worse in the world than Benelli thumb. And I got myself so good. And uh, I'm sure he still has that clip somewhere. And he's, he's ready to just wreck my reputation with it. Right? But just the dumb shit you do on camera. Yeah, I know. Right. So that's the thing is like, because I, I do have a cameraman now. And uh, oh, look at you. You're getting yeah, up there. He also edits my stuff too. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not Grand Thumb, but you know, you just, I mean, you're there. I'm getting you're there. It. You're the realest of the real now. I'm just, you know, I'm trying so hard. I mean, I'm broke, but I'm there. <laughs> you're like, I'm paying this guy and I don't have any money, but we're there. Yeah. But I'm like, I'm so popular. Look at me. But, um, <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I could totally agree the same thing. Oh yeah. And that's the thing. That's what I was, I was like, what am I trying to get at? So you have to be extremely comfortable with your cameraman 
Yeah. When I was like trying to find one, I was just like, no, no, no. Like either they were super perverted and I was like, is there going to be like hitting on me or just like oh, God. their eyes the entire time, which is like, no. Yes. Yeah, so um, no. They were, didn't know anything about guns and you could just tell they were just like, you know, anti-gun, but just needed the paycheck. Or, but needed the paycheck. Yeah. I've run into that quite a bit. Yeah. yeah. Like there was just, you know, but you have to feel comfortable around the person you're filming with. Cause if you're not, then you're really not going to be comfortable when that video releases. So, but anyways, we've gone so off topic. Are we off topic? I mean, we're talking about social media and stuff, yeah, right? But here's the thing is like my viewers, like some of them who have never heard of you, they don't even know what you do. Oh, they don't know who I am. Okay. Well, let so me um, even make your intro. <laughs> okay. Let me, uh, you want me to introduce myself? Do you want me, you, do you want to? No, I don't know much about you. I already told you. I don't watch your videos. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. So uh, if you don't know who I am, uh, my name is Mike. Uh, I run a YouTube channel called Grantham and I, I review guns. I talk about kit setup. Um, we do some tests with ballistic dummies and some firearm science. Uh, my background is that um, I've been in the military for a while. Not really, you know, it's been a good time uh, in the Air Force as a SEER guy and now as a TACD. So it's been a good time and I've uh, done that for a long time and uh, done this whole YouTube thing for a long time and life is good, I guess. Is that a good intro? Yeah, that's pretty good. So you've done it for nine years. Um, what military? No YouTube channel. Oh, YouTube. Oh my God. Um, so that's a good question. How so I need you to get to where you are. I'm just wondering for me. No, no, these are good questions. I'm going right on here. two years. No, no, you're good. So, um, the roundabout way of saying it is that I started the channel technically in 2010 ish or 2011 mm-hmm. ish. And when I started it, I thought to myself, it would be really cool if I made an entire channel where all I did was shoot the grand, compete with the grand, and like it'd be like a return to, to tradition type of thing. It'd be super cool. And I made two videos. Like One was about Grand Thumb, and then one was competing with the grand at a local match. And nobody really watched them. And I kind of realized, I'm like, well, you know, just doing the grand is really, really limiting. But, you know, at the time I was in medical school, I really didn't have a whole lot of time. And um, so I didn't really do anything with it. I really didn't get serious about YouTube until about 2017. So I've been doing it for since say 2017 is when, you know, I I really started putting the time in and uh, essentially I um, was at my unit and we got issued the cry JPC and nobody knew how to put it together. So everyone was asking me because I love gear. So everyone was asking me how to put together these uh, cry JPCs. I was explaining it like over and over and over. And finally, I was like, you know, I'm going to make a YouTube video on how to set up your plate carrier. And I was like, well, I'll kind of make it like a little bit more general so that, you know, other people, people can watch it. And then it got like a million views. And I was like, well, I guess we're doing this now. And it's kind of just gone from there. Damn. So that was the video that basically brought you to fame. You know, I would say that or the Johnny Cash 1911 or my first Mark 18 review, one of those you know, three videos kind of really kicked it off. Maybe they all did in kind of conjunction, but I kind of made those videos all kind of in around the same area. And um, I think it was around December of 2017 when I was like, I will now post like once per week. And I haven't broken that since. I've made a video once per week. Oh my God, I've been doing a lot of videos. And uh, yeah, I've been doing it ever since. And, And as you know, like putting content out on a schedule, it can be like, just super like it it's a grind you know what i mean like there's no breaks ever 
Oh, I know. Well, right before the show started, I was like, hey, I really appreciate you not blowing me off. Because actually, it's funny, listeners don't know this, but I've been trying to get you on the show for a while. Mm -hmm. I, with everything going on in my life, with my house getting remodeled, twice I forgot that I scheduled you and I was like, oh no. Yeah, I hopped on. I'm like, I'm ready. And you're like, I'm not. Yeah, I'm like, gosh, I feel like such a freaking jerk. Like, I felt like I should send you cookies or something to, you know, apologize. I, I really like uh, Snicker Doodles. All right, all right, noted. You know, I'll do my <laughs> Just kidding, you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> but I told you, I was like, you know, if you didn't come on, I wouldn't have a show for Monday. Like, yeah, be- this is Sunday. We're recording this on Sunday. I mean, you can just make a show just kind of talking about Smith & Wesson guns. I was, I mean, I was prepared to. I was going to just, I was really going to talk about my house being remodeled and all the upgrades that I'm doing and the really cool shower with the nooks, the corner nooks, which is going to be pretty. Oh yeah. Those are great. Yeah. But this one's going to be in the corner. I like it. That's really cool. To be honest, having a space to put like to organize your shower is a big deal. I'm probably going to get a lot of crap for this, but the um, contractors, you know, we've become pretty good friends and they're like, damn it, Ava, how big does the shower nook have to be? Cause it's going in the middle and then it's going to extend to the corners. I was like, listen, I have a lot of shampoo and conditioner. Okay. And this little girl, uh, sometimes she'll, one of the daughters from the contractors, if it's on the weekend and she, she was like, well, why don't you just need one? And I was like, uh, no nah, kid, I don't live in a third world country. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Being able to nourish your hair. I mean, that's that's a first world thing for sure. I mean, listen, you work hard, okay? You know, I just keep <laughs> the three or four shampoos, okay? You got you got to keep the hair looking good. I get it. Yeah. Like I, <laughs> You know, I mean, look, you're not on John Lovell's level, but I think you, people also talk about your hair as well. You know, when you're on camera, people notice stuff like this. And I've had a lot of people give me compliments about the hair. And it's because of the poor shampoos. Have you never been shot down for your appearance? Uh, hmm. No. Really? Just everyone, like, no one has hopped on and been like, oh, your hair looks off today or, or something mean. Or is everyone just uh, nice to you? One time somebody, I had a few people say I have a big nose. And I was like, well, I'm Jewish. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> no, um, I don't know. I mean, let's face it. You and I both know people online can be really mean. Oh, and super. Even last week I was talking to uh, the Pew Pew Jew about how this whole thing online unfolded and I got into an argument with somebody and now suddenly the rumor is, is that I'm racist against Asians. I'm like, it's amazing. Really? It, was, it, it was quick. You hate to see it. Yeah, no, I mean, and you also, I mean, there's been things that have happened with you, like oh, yeah. social media. And then, I mean, you've made videos like we, luckily we have platforms where we could talk about this and like kind of nick those rumors in the butt. Yep. But it's just like, it's insane how things get out of hand so quickly. And I mean, for all I know, now I'm going to be like, oh, well, she's racist against Jews because she said the big nose comment. Like <laughs> I'm freaking Jewish. And I mean, let's say that some Jews have bigger noses. It's just in our heritage kind of like it's yeah i don't know I, and also I, i'm not i get it i'm not like <laughs> yeah i'm like maybe i should stop right there <laughs> you're good you know it's funny you never know what is going to stick right you don't you don't know what random rumor that's thrown out there is going to kind of stick to you and it's kind of the fun part of the internet you know you <laughs> i remember i posted oh what did i post um something from travis haley a while back 
I can't remember precisely what it was. I made, I made two posts in a day. And in one post, um, I had a bunch of far-right um, uh, people who are into fascism hit me up and be like, you're a commie, you're a piece of shit, commie or something versus some comment. I can't remember what it was. And then in the same comment thread, I had a bunch of far left socialist types hit me up and say, you're a fucking Nazi. And I was like, this is like an internet medal. I've been called both a fascist Nazi and a communist in the same thread. Like, that's pretty cool. You know, I, f- I feel like I should get an award for that. Right. I know it's, it's pretty high up there on things I've accomplished in my life. Okay, good. Cause that was one of my questions that I was going to ask you, but we'll cover that. <laughs> yeah, but we got that covered. We got that taken care of. Yeah. First but you know, as mean as people could be, um, I think it's mostly good. And I think that's important to remember getting into social media, especially in the firearm world, which is for whatever reason, extremely decisive. And is that, you know, you're going to have a lot of vocal people who are very angry for whatever, you know, personal re- reason they have going on. But, uh, you know, overall, it, I see a lot more good than I see bad. you know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with that. I'm going to take a quick break real quick. Talk about primary arms. Mm-hmm. Oh, Good people. Yeah. Awesome people. Awesome friggin' optics. They have all kinds of sales going on. I did finish my AR uh, build, building a 300 blackout. Actually, I need to post pictures of that because it is finished. I do need Proud of you. Thank you. Thank you. I know with everything else going on, I found time to uh, put that. Well, for a while there wasn't, I was kind of at a standstill where I couldn't really do much to help the contractors. Mm -hmm. I had to like stay busy to keep my sanity, but going to need an optic for it, which obviously I'll, you know, put something on from primary arms. Let's see. They just dropped the SLX, the one eight by 24, the FFP scope with the Griffin reticle. The Griffin reticle is great. If you want to shoot distance, especially with wind. They're only $479, which is pretty amazing for a front focal plane scope with the features that it has on it. Also, if you use the code AVA, that's A-V-A, you're going to get a free scope mount with any primary arms optic that you buy. Definitely check them out. That is at primaryarms.com. Mike, I want to go back to you being in medical school. Yeah. Did you complete it or you dropped out to join? No, I I dropped out to join the military. Man, I'm like a classic story. I'm sure that made your mom proud. <laughs> yeah, I, I did get like a, I want to say three page essay from my dad, who's a very intelligent man, whom I love very much. But he sent me like a, a three page essay on how I made the worst mistake of my life. And, you know, who's laughing now, dad? I'm making shitty videos on YouTube, but <laughs> you yeah, right. know, but like I'm making way more than that, medical, <laughs> you know, you know, it, it would have ever paid for. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing, there's nothing wrong with medical school. I just, um, I was I am I was not cut out for medical school. I I was not good at medicine. I don't think I had the um, the temperament for it. So a lot of respect to the medical professionals out there. Mm-hmm. That shit that shit is tough. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, actually, I wanted to go to law school. I graduated with a double major in three years. Jesus. With a three point seven GPA, and that's because I was like, I want to go to law school right after this, but I don't want to spend my entire life in school in general. Yeah, so like, if I could just speed it up. I mean, I took like 20 credits a semester. Like it sucked. And they're done that. Yeah, it's awful. Yeah. And now, you know, and then I was so burnt out that I was like, I, I'm going to take a break if I do go to law school. And then I end up working for the New York Yankees in the legal department, legal and finance. And I was like, mm-hmm. I don't want to do law. This sucks. 
I just sat there and like proofread legal contracts all day and it sucked. Wh- which so. people are more angry? Uh, people who hate the New York Yankees or uh, people in the gun industry? Man, that is, that's a close one. <laughs> it's honestly a good question. When it's like, it's game day. And sometimes I'd come down to like where the sales office, cause they sell tickets right there at the stadium. Yeah. And when people like if it was sold out games and people like couldn't get into the game and how furious, like they'd start crying. I mean, they were livid. It was like, yeah, you know, mixed emotions and it was insane. People get insane. You know, the craziest game I grew up in California, funny enough, but the craziest game I ever went to was uh, Dodger Stadium, uh, LA Dodgers versus the New York Yankees. And that was a psychotic game. Uh, I saw not. I would say probably a solid 20 fist fights in the in the bleachers. It was awesome. It was such a good time. I had such a good time. At one point, a Dodgers fan made himself puke on a Yankees fan. It was so cool. Oh wow! That's yeah, a it, whole other level. it was it was horrible. It was like <laughs> people just get are so awful to each other sometimes. But it was a good time. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I mean, it is. It's pretty crazy how people get so wrapped up in the sport and stuff like that, but. Uh, let's see here. At what point did you decide? Cause I don't think you started your channel with it called grand thumb, right? Yeah, true. What was that is, it? That's, I, I honestly, I can't even remember what it was called back in the day. Um, I, I'm not sure. I think I started, I like, uh, you know, signed up with YouTube to have like an account. Yeah. God knows what it was back then. And uh, I want to say like 2009 or somewhere around there. It wasn't, you know, of course, like I talked about it until, 2010 that I changed it to, or 2011 that I changed it to Grand Thumb. I should probably nail down that date, but you know, yeah, it, I mean, it's not, for, it's not, a, it's not a priority for me. I mean, just for future interviews, you know. So it I, like, I know, so I sound more credible, not like I'm lying. Yeah, yeah. that's probably better. Um, but yeah, essentially, I created the channel for, you know, to 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 like comment on videos and shit, and then I it eventually morphed into Grand Thumb. And I, you, what's funny is like. Um, when I turned into Grantham, I had like at the time, like, uh, I don't know, like 1200 subscribers. And I was like, well, there's no way I can start a new channel. Like I have too many people following me at this point, you know, you know, it's just funny what you think back in the day. And so this is like the original YouTube channel I had or account that I had um, back in the day that is now Grantham. Just bizarre. Yeah. Who would have thought? I don't know. It's It's a cool name. Thank you. Yeah. You know, what's, what I think is cool about it is I actually did think about it a little bit when I, when I came up with the name is, you know, for, for people who like guns, it's, you know, it's, it's an Easter egg, right? Cause you know what uh, Garantham is, you know, that it happens when you load the grand and if you don't load it correctly with a, your hand bladed down, or if you do something weird, they, that action's going to catch your, your thumb and it's going to hurt pretty bad. And so for those people, it's kind of like a, it's a cool Easter egg. And then for people who don't know anything about guns, well, it doesn't really matter anyhow, because they're going to learn at some point or another. So yeah, I always like the name quite a bit. And um, I think the biggest thing that I get as far as critiques is that people who don't know anything about guns, they'll look at the logo and they're like, are those like French fries or sideways French fries? What are they precisely? <laughs> well, it's a, it's an in-block clip, but a lot of people don't know what it is, which kind of cracks me up. Yeah. I actually didn't even think about that. But I yeah, they're French fries, according to some people. Yeah. Huh. All right. <laughs> and then tell me about your career in the Air Force, which you're still in the Air Force, right? Yep. That's that's Wait, correct. Sorry, I just took a drink of water. Um. Yeah. So it's been I'm really awesome. You're eating French fries over there. Yeah, I'm eating French fries. Um. So you know, joined the Air Force in 2013. 
um, came in, uh, went through the what they used to call, oh, what did they used to call it? Triple S, I believe, Sears Specialist Selection, um, to become a Sears Specialist, which is a, a instructor in survival, evasion, resistance, and escape, which is a really cool career field. Um, a lot of very interesting um, kind of, that's a good way of saying it, a lot of interesting skill sets that you learn from that. So I did that from 2013 till about 20... 2018 ish. And so in 2017, I decided to uh, try out for TACP to be a TACP officer. So go from enlisted to commissioned. And so I went to that and I got picked up. I think they used to call it AAA or something like that, some different name now. I got picked up, um, went to uh, officer school out in Georgia, or is it Alabama? I really need to get my story straight on this. And then uh, <laughs> then commissioned uh, as a second lieutenant. Now I'm a uh, first lieutenant, uh, you know, serving as a TACP in the United States Air Force. So it's a really good time. Um, love it. Have loved my time in the military and in the Air Force. So uh, I have no regrets about leaving medical, medical school and joining the military. It's just been um, an absolutely good time uh, outside of some of the injuries I've gotten. It's been pretty, uh, pretty awesome. Yeah, I can only imagine. Yeah, it, you know, and... Um, you know, I think what's fun, uh, especially doing SEER, like you just spent so much of your time in the woods, um, you know, teaching survival or on your own and going over evasion, all that kind of stuff. It was um, really good for me to, um, you know, test out gear for one, because I just got, I was out in the field so much. And so it was, it was actually kind of good for the channel in some ways, because I was just able to constantly uh, kind of increase my skill level of, you know, my field craft stuff. So, you know, I got a solid you know, five years of just working field craft and getting really good at it. So it was a great time. <laughs> you know, it's weird. I always thought when I first heard of you, I remember somebody saying that you were like special forces or something. Like, oh God. Yeah. It was what you did. And it was like really hush hush. <laughs> you know, it's, it, it's funny because, um, in the beginning, when I first started the channel, um, you know, I talked with uh, leadership and, um, you know, our first PA about, you know, how do I run the channel? And they essentially said that, you know, just don't say what you do or anything like that. And, you know, obviously you can't say that you're being supported by the Air Force or anything like that. So, you know, that was easy. So I just really didn't say what I did. And that was fine. Right. Um, and the problem was, is that in the absence of not saying what I did, that people made up just crazy, crazy stuff about what I did. You know, people were like, oh, he's SF. And I was like, oh, my God, no, like I am not. So I'm, I'm like, I had to constantly deny things and like had guys like accuse me of like stolen valor. And then it ended up, I can't remember who accidentally dropped it. It's either, I think it was a loadout room or, or somebody, anyhow, it, it accidentally came out that I was a serious specialist. And I was like, well, that's kind of a relief. And then when it came to TACB, I just didn't give a fuck anymore. And I just kind of posted the photo of me with Bray on. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. I don't know. Kind of a, kind of a weird roundabout way of going about it, but it, you know, yeah. I, I, I don't think that, you know, I think when, what, you know, back when saying, don't say what you do. I don't know. Just seemed weird. I'm not doing it. You know, there, there are so few jobs in the military. And by so few, I mean, I can think of like none that are like secret, secret, right? Like, obviously, don't talk about your job if you do something that's um, hush hush, you know, but like, there's not really anything that's like, truly at a level where you where you don't say what you do. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. if you're on social media, and if you're on social media, then you clearly have a job that's not that secret. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you if you're on social media with a public profile, 
uh, it, it can't be that secret in my mind. So I don't know. Yeah. That's kind of my thoughts on it. Absolutely. It makes sense. I'm, I'm kind of curious, like how do the people that you work with react around you? When I got to my first uh, unit, um, after I got picked up for TACP, um, I walked in the building and there's actually uh, uh, like a hundred flyers up, uh, pictures of me. And it said, um, it's like a picture of me holding a gun and said, look, I shoot guns. And then it was that Jurassic Park meme. And it, see, it said, uh, see, nobody cares. <laughs> and, and that was it. And so that's kind of the, that's kind of the attitude they have is that, um, you know, they, they just don't care. Right. They, am I, you know, can I do the job? Am I, am I, you know, just a normal dude? And I'm just a normal guy, you know? So it, it's been pretty, pretty chill um, working with these guys. And I don't know, it's not weird at all. I just feel like a normal guy at my job. You know, yeah. it doesn't feel any different. Yeah, I was always kind of curious about that. If they were just like, okay, okay. You know, like how we were talking about earlier, like when we were around people that like we used to like, or maybe still do look up to, and then we're hanging out with them. It's like, ah, cool, ah, cool. It's all right. You know, <laughs> yeah, they probably just see me like this piece of fucking shit. Yeah. Fuck this guy. Only saw the real him. <laughs> yeah, if they only saw the real him, fuck this guy. No, they're, they're, they're really cool and just chill about it. I mean, you know, I don't yeah. know. I'm just, a, I'm just a dude. You know what I mean? Like, if, if someone were just to hang around you every day, it, it's just you, Ava, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, the novelty probably wears off in, you know, a day. Yeah. Well, I talk about this with my friends all the time. I'm like, I wonder how people really think like my life is like, you know, like reality versus like what they, you know, the persona. <laughs> it's just chugging pre-workout, trying to stay motivated in the gym and then trying to struggle to come up with ideas for content. Yeah, right. I mean, for me, it's mostly like, because I don't really wear a lot of makeup. I only wear makeup when I have to record content, but like usually, and I just had a, um, well, it's my mom always called it a beauty mark, but I mean, it was a mole on my face. Uh-huh. So now I have yeah. to walk around with a bandit on my face for the next month. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, like Nelly, right? Didn't Nelly yeah, have that back yeah, in the day? I was like, I was like, is Nelly still cool? Does he still wear that band aid thing? Because we're bringing that back. <laughs> I don't think Nelly's. Is Nelly still cool? I, I don't even I don't, know. I don't know. I don't know. But I mean, whatever. We're bringing back the band aid on the face thing. Okay. Because it's got to be cool. It's got to be trending. If it's not, I'm going to make it trending because I <laughs> wear the band aid on my face for like the next month. But that is, that is approved. I'm going to try to bring it back in vogue as well. I'll start wearing a band aid. Really cool. Yeah. If you could just jump on that bandwagon and help me out and kind of boost that band aid. <laughs> I got you. Didn't he have it like on his left cheek or something like just that little butterfly bandage or something like that? Yeah. So that's kind of what I have. Well, I have eight stitches in my face. <laughs> so oh my God. we're going to need a little bit bigger than a butterfly. Bandage. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, but I mean, even now I'm walking around with a bandage on my face and I was like, I don't even care. This is like the least of my worries right now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you got, you got plants op- occupying your entire living space right now. Yeah. And these plants, like, you know, I mean, they can only deal with their living situation for so much longer before it's like all right like as soon as my house is back in order we're gonna have to spend a lot of like teeny on these plants to get them back up and running but yeah i can only imagine um like i said before i think i think you being able to take care of plants is pretty impressive because i can't keep plants alive at all you know i should probably start a second youtube channel on like how to just keep plants alive but the thing is is most people overwater them you know, I probably do. You should call yourself Abel, Ava uh, Green Thumb. And then um, that way you have that that weird like a flannel green thumb yeah. kind of thing going. And then people are going to be like, hey, Ava Green Thumb, have you ever heard of Grantham? Like, oh, here we go again. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. Exactly. You should really start a channel. I'm pretty sure I overwater everything. But I mean, we're also in Washington up here and, uh, you know, it rains a lot. So it's kind of hard not to. 
Yeah. Oh, you're talking about outside plants. Yeah. Well, it. I mean, I kill them all. Yeah. You just, you got to stop trying so hard. <laughs> I probably try too hard. Yeah, you're <laughs> right. Like constantly throwing like pesticides and little granules of rocks that are supposed to dissolve on them. I should probably just stop <laughs> showering it too much love, just yeah. suffocating it. Exactly. I'm going to take another quick break. Talk about IWI. Send it. I just got the Galil Ace pistol. What up? Nice. Nice. Uh, Yeah, actually, uh, they're pretty. They're pretty nice. Oh, okay, cool. You got the Gen Two. Yeah, so we have a Gen One and a Gen Two. Uh, Gen (laughs) Two. Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) They're 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 great. They make great stuff. I I like quite a bit. Is uh, what would you say is your favorite? Um, you know, I really like that little Galil pistol in 762 by 39. I thought it was really nifty. And the problem is, of course, is that, you know, uh, with the uncertainty of ammunition, I find that the 5.56 is a lot more practical. But, you know, it's choices. Choices, choices. I mean, I actually just had this choice recently. And I was, you know, that did play a decision because I'm like, well, it sucks because also a lot of these like 762 by 39 guns, they prefer like the cheap steel stuff. Yeah, they do. 100%. Well, it's due to gassing, right? Well, yeah, but it's, you know, it is, but would you say that that's the same thing with, because I put together an AR-15 chambered in 7.62 by 39. Uh I thought for sure, because it's mostly, it's like, you know, AR components for the most part. And I got brass uh, 7.62 by 39 thinking, Uh you know, that's what it would shoot best. And it actually doesn't. So do you you think it's still from the gassing? You know... (laughs) There, there's a, there is a lot, a lot, and I'm sure there's a couple AK builders out there that are like, oh boy, here we go. Oh, I know. Um, and, and then they're like, oh, we got the flannel and the flannel idiots talking about it. <laughs> yeah, David, fuck, these, fuck these guys. I'm, so obviously, I'm not a swordsmith. You know, I, I'm not a, I'm not a, a builder of guns. Um, I just shoot them a, a shit ton. But you know, I, I mean, the first thing I would say is I, I don't know. I really don't see the. How do I say this nicely? An AR in 762 by 39. I just don't. Are you going to run right now? Kind of. Kind of. I just, I don't see. I So I like 762 by 39 quite a bit. Um, and there's already a lot of platforms that have been kind of optimized for it. And I, you know, I know, what is it like? The CMMG mute does pretty well with it stuff. I don't know. I, I just, if I'm being honest, I think that the magazines, the 762 by 39 on ARs just look fucking weird. Okay. All right. That's cool. Is that fair? I didn't go too hard. Um, I just think that they look better on other 762 guns, you know? It hurts a little bit. (laughs) You know, a cool a cool 762 gun is that BZ. Oh sorry, we're getting off topic. We have we're supposed to be talking about EWE right now, aren't we? Uh oh yeah, we're supposed to be talking about IWI. (laughs) Yeah, get it. (laughs) Okay. All right, so here's my spiel for the Galil Ace. So I just got one in the mail, super excited. Did think about the ammo, did consider that. But lucky me, I actually have quite a bit in stock. So I was like, hey, you know what? Whereas I also have a lot of 5.56 ammo on hand, but I also have a lot of 5.56. And just like, you know, building another AR where it's like, cool, another 223, 5.56 AR, okay, whatever, it gets boring. That sometimes I like to have like different, you know, or I like to be challenged because I know a lot of people are trying to put together ARs 
chambered in, you know, the 7.62 caliber and they were having issues. And so I did some research to see like, okay, well, what is making it fail? And I put out a YouTube video. I think it was like three components. It was like the, um, certain type of bolt carrier group, uh, the magazine and try to think what else there's something else I forget. I made this video like two years ago, but, but yeah, I mean, I think regardless of what caliber Galil you get, I think you're going to be extremely happy with it. It's just the minute I took it out of the box, I'm like, Oh, it just, it just fits. Like it feels so great in your hands. I can't wait to shoot. I have not shot it yet, but I mean, it's just, uh, it's just such a freaking like sexy gun. The, um, you know, with the, with the, with the Gen 2 Galils, they did a really good job. Um, definitely get out with that Gen 2 Galil as soon as you can because um, I felt that the Gen 1s, um, I don't know, they, they weren't quite there for me, but the Gen 2s, uh, they fixed a lot of the issues that I kind of had issue with. Yeah. And so, not, yeah. not that I'm the end-all be-all. But. No, definitely. But they, I mean, they changed out the foreign. So mm-hmm. from like a Palmer rail to a free flow, uh, like aluminum M-lock foreign. Yep. Let's see, they reduced the plastic around the magwell which is like another common customer modification that people made. I like it because they were looking at a lot of these modifications that customers were making. And then they made those changes on the Gen 2. Mm-hmm. Let's see. I think they also changed out the trigger profile. You know, the safety I'm, so that it has like a smaller uh, profile for like a shorter throw. Maybe they did some like crazy, you know, IWI magic to my particular trigger, but my trigger on my Gen 2 feels um, markedly better than what my Gen 1 felt like. So I, I'm, I'm very happy with the Gleal personally. Yeah. I just keep wondering if there's something else that I want to do to it though. Did you do any modifications or like switch out these parts? Uh, you know, I always have this joke with people because I get people who come out and shoot with me um, quite a bit. And uh, people always bring out these guns that are like Glock, for example, and they add so much shit. Not, not, I don't mean like accessories, but I mean, they change so much internally that the gun no longer functions yeah. reliably. So our big joke is like, I took a Glock and I made it unreliable. Yeah. Right. It, so I, I really don't change that change that much on my guns. Um, and on the Glial, I, I won't change anything internal on it. I I find that, uh, you know, people often say that the gassing on the Glial is a little harsh, and I agree. But uh, you know, it's a combat gassed rifle. What What do you want? You know what I mean? Uh, there There's no free lunch anywhere. So I I like a little not change anything on the Glial. Yeah, I actually totally agree though with the Glock. You know. They're like, you're like, well, it doesn't work. And they're like, but it's Gucci'd up. It looks cool. I'm like, yeah, that's cool. Okay. Like, well, I added a slide window. That way, all the lube that I put on, you know, the yeah. will go out through the slide. Sometimes the mud will go in. And then as the mud comes out, it takes a lube with it. It's a perfect cycle of life, you know, and now my gun doesn't function. It's pretty cool. I'm totally guilty of like having certain guns that just look aesthetically pleasing and they operate. I make sure they operate, but I'm not throwing them around the mud and stuff. You it should, is, you know, you yeah. should. Sometimes I have to throw around the mud. Others I don't. I really like the left uh, sided charging on the gleels. That's one of my yeah. favorite things. Uh, it, it, it feels like an FAL. Yeah. Feels good. Like really good. Yeah, totally. So if you guys want to check that out, head on over to IWI.us. Don't forget to use the code gunfunny15 and that's going to get you 15% off all accessories. I'm not going to use that code. Why? I don't know. I was trying to think if I had a code. I don't. So I have nothing to counter oh, with. So you were going to help it. Green thumb. I mean, grand thumb. Uh, <laughs> his grand dumb. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I laughed a little too hard on that one. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so let's see. I want to know, how did you get the name 
flannel daddy. Because I know, know I have done everything in my power to not be called it. I have done everything in my power to to like not allow it to occur. And I I kind of just I I just don't say anything now. I just kind of let it go. But you still wear flannel shirts, right? Yeah, I, I like the way they look. I look good in flannel shirts. Oh. Like, um, everybody looks good in a certain type of clothing. You know, for me, I, think- I look good in I look good in button ups. Okay. And uh, flannel, you know, uh, I really like the cool flannel shirts. You know, the K U H L. Yeah. And uh, it just so happens that uh, I don't know. I don't know where the whole flannel father thing came from. Maybe it was, you know, maybe I did it to myself because I added that dad advice in. I don't know. Did you add dad advice? Yeah, I have a dad advice thing at my end where I like give him a little little piece of like life advice. And um, maybe it's from that. I don't know. Maybe it's from, you know, they don't have fathers or. Maybe I have a lot more children than I knew about. So, and a lot more like man crushes. Oh my goodness. You know, funny enough, despite like all the weirdness that you think would happen, I've never um, like received anything really that weird. Uh, I had a couple of things, weird things happen to me, but like nothing like, I don't know. Like I've never received a dick pic and I'm happy about that. Like I'm really happy about that. You know, I can honestly say the same thing as well. Proud of you. Yeah. People think for some reason, they're like, how many of you received? And I'm like, do I even give off? I feel like you have to give off like a certain vibe too. Kind of like, 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 I feel like I'm like, I held myself up pretty respectfully. I feel like I won't stop certain people. Yeah. Um, well, but I would come on blast. Like I would post that everywhere. And well, exactly. I, I, you know, you have such a large fan base that I, I don't, I think that's the, uh, the thing. Like they're not going to risk it at that point, you know? Yeah. That's probably it. So speaking of being a daddy. Yeah. You recently, was it this year that you had a baby? Boy? That's correct. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, we're very, yeah, he's awesome. So I have uh, three kids right now and uh, yeah, three. Dang. For some reason, I, I was thinking that this was your first. Oh, no, no. Yeah. So we have, I have three kids. I have two older uh, from previous relationship, classic military wow. um, guy right there. Uh, so I got an older girl. She's 12, a uh, younger boy. He's 10. And then of course we have our brand new one um, with uh uh, who his name is Sonny, and he is very fat, very chunky. Yeah, big old rolls going off his wrists yeah. onto his hands. Um, I love that. I know, very curly blonde hair, very cute kid. So we're very happy. I so I love like little baby fat rolls. Like I think they're just so cute. Especially yeah, they kill me. Size, you know, like I mean, hopefully they don't stick with them. You know, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, hopefully, hopefully at one point they kind of lean out. But you know, hopefully until I then, like I want to just want to. <laughs> bite his fat little calves you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's he's so cute and uh you know luckily he's sleeping through the night so we can't we are just happy how do you manage to balance everything out you have your career your youtube channel a family you and- know it it's tough right um and so i definitely lean a lot on my wife ash um to kind of help keep me grounded and keep me balanced she also like before uh i was married to her i didn't take any breaks i just would work 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 and um she she tells me like she often tells me like you know she forces me to have vacation and to have fun and stuff and i really do enjoy like chilling out and having a good time and stuff and she tries to make sure that i have a good uh work balance relationship and um you know beyond that you know it, it it's a conscious effort right so i have to kind of set up time blocks for myself you know um, obviously, I have my military job during the week, and then on the weekends, it's kind of go time for social media. So it's usually work um, all day, come home, um, you know, straight to social media, 
And then around 7, 7.30 is my cutoff time. And that's where like I stop everything. She stops all work and we we spend family time together with the kid and everything. And we kind of chill. And we try to do that on the weekends when we can. Um, as you know, if content is kind of like, uh, if we're good on content, then, you know, we usually take Sunday off and we just spend time, you know, down at the harbor or, you know, doing roller skating because we're stuck in the 50s or something like that. <laughs> nice. Yeah. yeah. So it, it's, it's difficult. I mean, I, I'm sure you understand as well, like how difficult it is to pull yourself away from your work, especially when you love it so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it really is. And I think in certain, with certain people, like I'm very goal oriented and I have, yeah. it's really hard. Like I don't even like going to the movies also. Cause I'm kind of a germaphobe. So I don't want to like sit in the gross seats, but I'd rather watch a movie at home so that I can multitask, which is like uh- so bad. I know. Well, I found with multitasking that you're never really accomplishing anything fully. I, I know it's different for girls. Like Ash can multitask much better yeah. than I can. Yeah. But um, I find that like, uh, you know, I have to like what Ash will do if we, because we have like, um, we have downstairs, we have like a projector screen set up to like watch movies or play like uh, the Switch together or something like that. Yeah. And if I have my phone next to me, she'll like quickly like uh, quick reflexes, reach over, grab my phone and just fucking huck that bitch like across the room. Uh, <laughs> off the couch so that, and then i'll do the same to her so we try to put the thumbs down and really kind of engage you know because i i do find that um i i think you can probably agree too that people definitely do have a hard time engaging now with phones right they're they're kind of glued to them mm-hmm. oh yeah it's i think it's a, a huge addiction that i think a lot of people face i don't think people realize like how addicting it is just to constantly look at your phone and even if you're not like looking at something you didn't get a notification you're just constantly like still looking at your phone a hundred percent and it is an addiction and it's it's kind of worse um you know when your job is social media right because um you can justify it and so i definitely have to i definitely have that you know screen time app on my iphone kind of set and i really try to control it because the last thing you want to do is live your life in an electronic device you know you oh, want to yeah. get out and and do things and actually engage with people. And um, it's definitely something that people are missing. Like, do you remember going to the gym, like before iPhones are really big, like, you know, 2000, 2005-ish, you know, before? No, because no, my metabolism was still good then. Oh, f- congratulations, Ava. Well, yeah, so to the gym. <laughs> I remember going back to the gym before like phones are really big. Like, yeah, yeah, you had like, uh, you know, Walkmans and EP- yeah. MP3 players and stuff where you could listen to music. But um, it was a lot more engaging. Uh, you know, there's a lot more, I felt like, engagement between people at the gym um, that you don't really see nowadays, you know, where you kind of talk more about what was going on. And, and that's just one example of, well, you know, like what I think we lost. It, I, you know, that is one thing because I did start well, I haven't gone to the gym in a little while, but I did join a gym a few months ago and I was like, yeah, some really hot guys here. <laughs> all, you know, they all have the earbuds in and yep. you're like, uh, uh, you're like, no, so much for meeting somebody around here. Yeah, exactly. And it's increasingly more difficult to, to kind of engage with people and you know, the gym is just one of the many examples of that. So, you know, I try to be pretty cognizant of that. I'm sure I fall into the, the pitfalls of getting sucked into my phone, but mm-hmm. you know, you gotta do your best. Yeah. One last question. Do you have any future plans that you can share with us? Yeah. Um, very big plans. Um, so, you know, the, the goal has always been to, um, we're getting pretty, we're getting really deep here. Are you ready? Yeah. So the goal of, of, of the Grantham YouTube channel has always been, I consider myself like a gateway drug to like deeper kind of gun content, you know, um, 
so the the goal has always been to get what i would consider you know younger people into more serious firearm training and more serious firearm activism and all that kind of stuff that's why i i harp against the you know the atf pretty hard on um, a lot of their kind of rulings and why i harp so hard against a lot of the kind of draconian gun laws that have been coming down you know, I, I try to make this content and I try to keep it as open and free as to as many poss- people possible because I, I want to be that, that good gateway. So uh, as far as what's coming up, um, we are going to be offering um, classes, hopefully within the next few years here. Um, we're going to be expanding to include a lot more um, social media content, hopefully uh, upping from once a week up to t- two times or three times a week with keeping the same quality level, um, as well as we have... Um, you know, our new company Onward Research, which is kind of getting started up where we're kind of um, offering our own designs on, um, you know, a lot of takes based off of all the reviews I've done and stuff. So I'm very excited for what's coming. Oh, wow. um, it's it's going to be, it's going to be pretty big in my mind. Um, you know, the goal has always been to, you know, get as many people into farms as possible. And I'm hoping that some of the future content uh, is able to reach um, a lot more people and, uh, you know, grow our numbers. You know, we're, we're going to win by, by influencing the younger generation. And if we're not able to do that, well, then, you know, nobody's going to be using guns, quite frankly. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. That's, I think, great future goals. Yep. It's, it's going to be awesome. And, you know, we're having a good time doing it. And, I, and nobody's telling me no right now on my stupid content. So I continue to make just ridiculous little skits and stuff. So we're having a good time. All right. So can you just tell listeners uh, if they want to follow you, if you, they don't already, where they can sure. find you on like Instagram, YouTube, all that good stuff? Sure. If you go ahead and you hop on YouTube, you type in Grantham, G-A-R-A-N-D-T-H-U-M-B, you're going to find me. If you go to Instagram, it's going to be much more difficult because I am currently shadow banned. You can't find me on search. So you, have to, uh, you actually have to type in my full name. That is going to be at G-A-R-A-N-D underscore T-H-U-M-B, and that will get you to my channel. What's weird is um, my Instagram is just shy of half a mil right now. We're at 497 uh, K, and um, we're still growing. But if you try to search my name, it's very, very difficult to find it. So yeah, no, um, it's happening to me, and I'm not even that big. Yeah, it, it's a problem. Like anybody who posts any gun stuff, because my contractors wanted to follow me on Instagram. And I'm like, yeah, okay, just A B A F L, and I'm like, it should pop up. And I'm like, well, what the hell? In fact, you even messaged me a few weeks ago to tell me, like, yeah, you're shadow banned. And I'm like, yep, yeah. I did. I'm like, you don't exist, just yeah, so you know. It's so frustrating. It's like, <laughs> you know, I feel like being in the firearms industry, you have to work so freaking hard to get content out there, way more than if you were selling drugs. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, that up definitely. There is somebody who keeps using my freaking name. Mm-hmm. And they have this website called uh, Guns and Drugs, and they're literally selling like all kinds of drugs, all kinds of guns, and they're using my name. And I keep incredible. To shut down, and it won't. They they don't go against you know community guidelines. Oh, good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you're holding. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, oh, social media censorship. I know that that is the 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 new frontier right there. Is what how do we how do we how do we do it how do we go about it mm-hmm. and i don't i don't know the answer to that yet but that is going to be certainly the probably the focal point of of the fight in the very near future i would say oh yeah absolutely i hope i mean i definitely hope that we figure something out soon because i think it's just a matter of time and 
I'd hate for everything that we all work hard for to just go to waste and just get deleted over. Yeah. hundred percent. And you know, the only way that's going to change is by attracting new people with fun content, right? You know, a lot of people really get on, um, you know, a pedestal to shout at people like Demolition Ranch, who has you know 10 million plus followers or Kentucky Ballistics or all of these other guys who are, they're quite big, bigger than me. Um, and they don't talk about gun rights and stuff. And, you know, I, I understand where they're coming from, but at the same time, I think that there's a lot to be said about social engineering that with a, with a channel like Demolition Ranch, for example, you have a very casual viewing of fun content that is centered around firearms. And I don't, I don't think you need to say anything about politics behind firearms. I, I honestly think that the keeping that super low threat allows for a much wider audience. And I think that that social engineering aspect of it is far more important than even some of the stuff that I do, if that makes sense. Hmm. Interesting. A lot of it like that. You know, I, I really do think, I really truly believe that that's a, a really important part of, of how we're going to win people over. Uh, you know, like there are people like me where I'm going to be yelling more about firearm laws and, and getting active in that kind of community. But I think that there's a lot to be said about very fun, very approachable content that appeals to a wide audience, but is not politically focused because it's non-threatening. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, I, I highly doubt somebody who has a very charged opinion on gun control is going to enjoy my content very much because of how outspoken I am. Um, that being said, they might watch a video about how many you know, watermelons can a 50 caliber round go through. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because it's just simply harmless fun, or so they think. Um, I think that kind of subliminal messaging behind that is, is much more powerful in many ways. So you know, I, I guess kind of my point there is I think unity among our community um, mm-hmm. is going to be important in the very uh, near future coming up here. That I agree with. Yeah. Yeah. I guess actually you're right. I mean, it's Regardless, I think anyone who's doing their part in the community, you know, whether it is just putting out content or, you know, mm. voicing their opinion like you and I do, I think it's, you know, I think it's all important. So, yeah, I, I think it's all important. Uh, you know, obviously, um, you know, people like me and you were, were pretty active, and there's many other people who are very active uh, and the kind of uh, activism kind of part of, of keeping firearm laws, you know, kind of controlled. Uh, you know, we're very important. There's just, there's a lot of moving parts. And I don't think, I don't think everything is so simple as people sometimes make it out to be. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I appreciate your time. Of course. Uh, anytime. I need more of it. I, uh, I actually already recorded the rest of the show yesterday. Dang. I'm nothing to you. No, it's just it's, <laughs> it's because I was like, we're not going to have a lot of time by the time this is edited and put out and, you know, but I'm definitely going to have you on the show again in the near awesome. future. You're a lot of fun to talk to. Awesome. I can't wait. I say next time, let's talk, let's get, let's delve into the social media aspect of firearms and how we can fight. Yeah. I think that's actually, that's a great idea. I think that's definitely something that needs to be discussed more and, and we don't hear a lot of it. And I agree. I, I'm down. Okay. I'm always down, Ava. All right. I appreciate it. And guys, no problem. If you don't already follow Grantham. Go ahead and do so. And yeah, if you don't already up. follow Ava flannel, <laughs> it's flannel. Okay. Flannel. flannel follower (laughs) all right well on that note i'm going to continue with the rest of the show but thank you so much for your time of course thank you for having me on and now finishing up with the second half of the show i have patreon john snow joining me john welcome back to the show thank you it's good to be here of course all right before we get into talking about politics 
going to take a quick break, talk about Caldwell. Do you have any experience with Caldwell? I do. For years, starting out with the lead sleds and everything, that was the thing for sighting in everything. But much more recently, they're steel targets and they're pretty freaking impressive. I know when you went to Florida and you guys shot them with a minigun, that was pretty impressive, but I've seen them firsthand in person. People shooting them much closer with like AR-15s and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and they'll, they are shooting, you know, gen- generally, I don't like to shoot my steel targets with rifles, you know, anything closer than 50, even 100 yards, depending on, on the caliber. Oh but, man, you and I could never uh, go shooting then. I, well, I, I mean, I love I love shooting them fast, closer. Don't get me wrong, but the thing is, with a lot of other steel targets, I've seen them have dents if you shoot them any closer. But yeah. I've seen the Caldwell ones way closer, even than that <clears throat> point blank range, damn near. And they somehow hold up to it. I don't. Mm-hmm. You look at them, the thickness of it, you think they would not be able to hold that well, but they do. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, so I'm totally guilty of like shooting mine like much closer. Like I definitely, I'd say I probably shoot it within like 30 yards, which isn't, I mean, I always make sure I check my steel to make sure that there's no like pivots or anything like that. Like it's definitely safe to fire at. And then once they, you know, start developing some of those pivots or something like that, I just change them out. But um, they definitely, you know, I would say, yeah, they hold up really well. You can't beat the price. Um, they have a bunch of other stuff. So head on over to caldwellshooting.com. Use the code GUNFUNNY10. That gets you at 10% off your first order. Today in politics. Politics. What is going on in the world today? It's political AF. Ever have an argument? That means you, if you're in Hawaii, you're going to have to hand in your guns. I didn't have too much time to go over this. Jen, you picked this article. Why don't you explain what this means? Yeah, this this one's pretty crazy. We've talked about Hawaiian gun laws a number of times. Hawaii is well known for having some of the most restrictive gun laws in the country, even worse than like New Jersey or anything. You know, this is the state where they've been fighting for all kinds of rights just to be able to carry one of the Supreme court cases that's currently pending out of the sixth circuit is from the state of Hawaii. And this one could very possibly become another one of those types of cases because in the state of Hawaii, there's statewide law and this is enforced in every town, County police precinct throughout the state is that no person who is under indictment for or has waived indictment for or have been bound over to the circuit court for or have been convicted in the state or elsewhere of having committed a felony or any crime of violence or illegal sale of drug shall own, possess, or control any firearm or ammunition. Well, this commonly has been in the past, okay, you commit a crime or you plead guilty to it, and it might be that you don't do any jail time or anything, but if it's one of these types of crimes, especially a violent crime or a felony, you do not get to own any firearms and you have to surrender them. Well, with Hawaii, every gun has to be registered. And they've specifically done that because of this law so that they can confiscate them. Well, 
as soon as somebody is convicted of one of these, they will get a letter from the county where their weapon is registered and they have X number of days to surrender it or they will show up on their doorstep to take it from them. Well, last December, uh, a guy named Lance Choda went out one night and started his vehicle. His neighbor came out and yelled at him to be quiet. He yelled back at the guy. They started cursing and yelling at each other. Cops ended up getting called. At no point were these guys actually physically fighting. All they were doing was yelling at each other. And police were there. They were completely separated by a fence. Not even any threats were made. There was no physical contact. He gets arrested for disorderly conduct. He pled no contest. They found him guilty of harassment and disorderly conduct. Not a violent crime, not a felony. Mm -hmm. This year, he applied for a permit to purchase another firearm. Last month, Hawaii County delivered him a letter that his application had been denied. And he had until September 15th to surrender all firearms and ammunition. Wow. Because of this harassment charge. They're completely going beyond what the law says, treating this harassment charge as a violent crime and justifying to take his guns. Yeah. Essentially, if he wasn't going to apply for a permit to purchase another firearm, essentially, they probably wouldn't even have sent this letter. I would probably would not have. No, it doesn't take away from the fact that like, I mean, this is still outrageous, but yeah, you know. Yeah. That's not to say that somebody reviewing those cases might not have done the same thing, even if it hadn't been for him applying for another purchase permit, which I mean, imagine having to apply in a multi-month long process to buy a gun. Yeah. It's ridiculous to begin with. So he's, Suing Hawaii County for this because they are clearly going beyond what the law says. It's not a violent crime. Nowhere is harassment deemed to be a violent crime. And thankfully, the judge in the case granted an injunction blocking the order to surrender for five days after the proceedings of the case are done. That's not to say he's out of the woods yet. He could still very easily end up losing the case. Yeah, I mean, it's. This is one of those ones that could very well become another Supreme Court case because you know that people in the state of Hawaii within the prosecuting attorney's office and things like that, they want to be able to take everything away from people. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah, freaking crazy. I was, uh, I definitely want to go and visit Hawaii. I've never been there, mostly because I hear they have like really cool plants, like plants that you pay top dollar for here in the US and they're just like growing wild in Hawaii, which totally awesome. But I could see you getting arrested, taking cuttings of some oh, constellations. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I would, yeah, my entire suitcase would be filled. And they're like, uh, ma'am, 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 you can't do that, ma'am. <laughs> yeah, and then I get arrested and it's just this whole process. But $100,000 worth of plants in your suitcase. Yeah, that are just going to die anyways because they're not going to let me bring them on the plane, which is going to be a shame. But yeah, so that is ridiculous. Uh, hopefully he wins that case because... The thing is, is with these cases, like it just sets the precedent for, you know, future cases like this to happen, which is just, you know, completely unlawful, especially like misinterpreting state law isn't something that should continue to happen. So moving forward, so Manicore Arms.
man, I was just recently, so I just put a night break on my, during the blackout that I'm building. Uh, it's now complete. I just finally finished it. In fact, today I put that night break on there. So I'm going to go shoot it, but I'll probably record video just so you guys can see, like, even though, I mean, you could put this night break on anything and it just makes it such a great shooting gun. Like it just shoots phenomenal. Have you, do you have any night breaks? I do. I love the night break. I've got a uh, night break on my 545 Galil. That's a really awesome addition on that. They're great on ARs. Uh, one of the things that I love about the night break is, I mean, it's it's such, such an effective break and it really does a great job hiding flash too. Mm-hmm. But it also... One, it looks cool, which, you know, it all always has to look cool, but Sven makes it for so many different types of guns. And even those oddball pitches, like the left-hand threads for AKs and the really big ones, mm-hmm. like I've got a Century um, Arms PAP that I had years ago that I was always trying to find a different muzzle device for because yeah. I really didn't like the accelerator style muzzle device that they came with. And I found a couple different ones. They were a little better, but they really weren't to my liking. And I found an adapter that would let me thread it to a 5 8 by 24. And that dang thing, I don't know what the heck the deal with that was, but it worked for a few rounds and then it cracked and the muzzle device went flying off. <laughs> oh my, well, that's a little awkward. But then I found the night break from Hopefully it didn't hit anybody in the process. <laughs> no, it just went flying off into the field. <laughs> Oh uh, man, I've seen that happen actually quite a few times. Also with optics and red dots, you know, that aren't on there yeah. as purely as they should be. And then they I'm, go and like fly up and hit somebody in the face. So I'm just glad it wasn't a nice suppressor. Yeah. So, you know, just be, uh, be mindful of that. Make sure that those things are screwed on there or don't, you know, make sure that those thread pitches are matched up perfectly. Just get a night break first and you'll be okay. Yeah. Right. I mean, really, yeah. And you won't regret it. You can find those at manacorearms.com. Use the code AVARocks15, all one word, AVA, A-B-A, not EVA. And uh, that gets you 15% off everything in your cart. Q&A. There's no such thing as a stupid question. Just kidding. Visit gunfunny.com forward slash contact to submit yours. Today's question how are the house repairs coming? Did you tear it down and start over? Uh, I don't think I've ever contemplated selling my house as much as I have in the last five weeks. Yeah, I never want to put anybody through this. Like, it's just when your house is like, in just, I mean, it's so, I don't even know how I'm going to get over this, honestly. Like, so I've already decided, like, once my house is complete, the repairs are done. I'm going to have somebody come in and uh, clean the air ducts, which is also going to make things like super uh, dusty. So I'm like, why even clean up that much? So we'll do the air ducts. And then I think I'm going to hire a cleaning company, clean, then I'll clean over it. Because if anybody knows me, knows me, I'm a clean freak. And I have hired a few cleaning companies here and there. And I was just like, dude, forget it. I'll just do it. Like this is like so half-assed and done really poorly. And then I'm going to hire a window cleaning company because the windows are so disgusting. The outside, like all the construction people like have the dirtiest freaking hands. They're touching everything. There's dust, there's mud, like the tile mud and 
the stuff that goes with drywalls and I can't even tell you, I feel like I just, I just feel like I'm never going to recover from this. Like for years to come, I'm going to be finding like just patches of all this dust and tile pieces. And I don't know, but it is starting to finally make some progress where I just got new carpet installed, really happy with the tile that I picked up for the shower. I'm going to get some little, oh man, what are they called? Like the little like shelves that are built into the shower, but recessed. Yeah. But we actually came up with a way that's going to like, they're going to be in the corner too. So there's going to be one in the center and then they're going to run into the corner. So it's going to look really cool. And in my shower, I have three shower heads four jets on the side. So it's just going to look like such a freaking like pimp shower. It's going to be amazing. And got a new vanity, got a bunch of new lights. So I mean, I do think like when everything's all said and done, I'm going to be like, yes, this is legit. But I don't think that I ever want to live through another like remodel again, because it's just it's too much. It's one thing if you can plan on a remodel. Yeah, so I didn't have much of a choice, you know? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I did just figure like, well, my house is in ruins. It looks like a crime scene. Uh, Cause there's like plastic everywhere and rooms are cut off. And, and so I was like, ah, all right, I'll remodel my, my master bathroom and bedroom, which I'd been wanting to do. But yeah. So it's like one thing to like plan it and like mentally prepare yourself. And then there's another where it's like, you know, you're kind of going with the flow, making the most of it, but this wasn't planned. So I'm just happy that I'm still able to kind of maintain my sanity somewhat and uh, keep my head above, you know, work and stuff like that. But it's been hard. Like I've been, I've been starting work at like 7am and then like probably getting home around 9.30pm. So really long days, but it is, uh, there is an end in sight. So I just don't know exactly the, the end date, but it is in the next, I'd say in the next week, I'm hoping things are going to start to like really start to shape up. Yeah. It looks like you're getting pretty close. Things yeah. will start coming together quick. I'll post some pictures on social media once it's all said and done, but yeah. But anyways, all right. So Tacti Talk. Tacti Talk. Discussing popular guns and gear. Love it? Hate it? Find out now. Three D printed the future of suppressors. So Sig just announced the commercial release of two new suppressors developed for the Next Generation Squad Weapons Program. These suppressors were announced for the military last year, but are finally coming to the civilian market. One of the really cool things about the suppressors is that they're 3D printed, which is kind of crazy, especially for SIG, right? Like initially when I saw 3D printed and then SIG's name, like all in the same sentence, I'm like, that's kind of, I don't know. Yeah, but it, the the process that they're talking about for 3D printing in this is very different than what most people think of when you think of 3D printing. Yeah, like you kind of think like, oh, it's probably like janky, like in somebody's basement. But I mean, definitely, it's definitely like, you know, durable, like metal. It's not even necessarily like a, a plastic. I mean, they could 3D print with anything nowadays. Yeah, they're they're using what's called direct metal laser sintering for this uh-huh. process. And essentially the way it works is these are not printers that you can just go buy off the shelf and, you know, for a few thousand dollars and have something up and running in your garage. I was was like, yes, let's print all the suppressors. (laughs) 
you you can't you can't actually buy a uh, DMLS printer, but they're very expensive. And the ones that these guys have are orders of magnitude more expensive. But basically, the way they work is you have a powder of whatever type of metal you're using. And it's really awesome because you can use a bunch of different powders. In this case, they're using either titanium or Inconel, which Inconel is what they call a super alloy. It's got great thermal properties, which makes it perfect for suppressors. But the way it works is you have the printer head. It puts down a layer of this powder. There's no flux or anything like that. So they're Unlike traditional suppressors where you have welds on your baffles, Mm -hmm. and if the welds are not done properly, you end up with weak spots in the metal, which can cause failures. These, it's all done with this laser sintering process. So basically you have this powdered metal that gets applied with the print head, and then it gets hit with a laser. And so it does this in micrometer increments of size, building up whatever shape you're printing. The really cool thing is because it's doing this in this staged micrometer layer of print material, they can make much more complex shapes than you could ever do with traditional manufacturing processes. Mm -hmm. Traditional baffles are machined out of a solid block of whatever material you're using. So you have to use a cutter head of some sort, whether it's on a lathe or a mill combination of the two and remove that material. That means you're kind of limited in terms of the geometric shape designs that you can do and the particular sizes. So what they've done here is they've created what they call a multi-flow path for the sound suppression, which uh, you had a guy on a while back from XT Development Group who talked a lot about flow-through design for suppressors. Mm -hmm. And one of the really critical things about flow-through type baffles is The main goal of them is not really to actually suppress sound. They do suppress sound, but that's an extra benefit. The main goal of them is to reduce blowback to the operator. And that's what a lot of these uh, squad weapons programs, one of the major, I think their number one requirement for the new suppressor development was not sound suppression but reducing of toxic gases getting blown back at the shooter because the last 20 years, we've had a big increase of guys getting lead poisoning because of all the shooting that they've been doing in either close quarters in rooms or just shooting thousands and thousands and thousands of rounds on the range. You get all that vaporized lead in what comes back into the action, especially when you're running suppressed. And so being able to reduce that toxic fume blowback on the user has been one of the biggest requirements they've had for these new suppressors. And so that's what this design is done to do. And by doing this 3D printed process, they're able to have those flow through designs, be able to manufacture them much more affordably than they ever could have with previous technology. So nice. It's really cool that way. I would really like to get a hold of one of these to try one of them out. Yeah. You know what? You know, it's kind of funny. I just like momentarily fell asleep on you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to take that too personally. I know you're exhausted. (laughs) At first I I debated telling you because I was like, oh man, people like listeners are going to think I sound so mean. (laughs) But you're like talking. I was geeking out a little bit. I'm kind of listening. And then all of a sudden I just like put my head back, you know, when like all of a sudden you like, your head just drops really quickly and then you, you 
quickly just like catch yourself and you're like wake up like whoa what just happened and then you're still talking <laughs> uh i blame it on these late long days. you've been having some pretty crazy days yeah sorry but but <laughs> i still kind of comprehended everything that you just said and that makes all the sense in the world why they would you know move on to the 3d printing instead of you know how we've been doing it and and yeah. yeah, and if it definitely, especially if it affects like, you know, if the pricing and the quality and stuff like that, quality increases, prices decrease, it's like a win-win in my book. So yeah, yeah. I, th- I think, I think the price is still going to be about the same for a while, simply because the technology is still fairly expensive. They, they, probably, have to, it, yeah, they probably have to pay off that machine. Yeah. But I, I think, I think it will come down more because that technology has come down orders of magnitude in the last few years already. So yeah. I think that will continue to reduce cost, And I think we're going to see a lot more of that kind of thing. A lot more suppressors done that way, simply because they can do those complex designs that mm-hmm. we couldn't do before. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. Moving forward. Walkers. walkers ear pro you have any experience with those i do have you ever heard of walkers ear pro oh it's just amazing it's funny actually um i was home up at my dad's helping him with some stuff a couple weekends ago and i had gotten him a while back a set of uh, the walkers not bluetooth but just the amplified ear pro the, the yeah. muffs yeah and you know i got i got them for him for shooting because he doesn't shoot as much anymore, but he's he still likes to shoot now and then. And EarPro, of course, is just with with the ability to hear everybody around you, but then it shuts off. That's I remember when I first tried out a pair of those. Oh, I was probably twelve, and they were like five hundred dollars. It was insane how much they cost, but they were so awesome. And now I think this one was like fifty bucks, and yeah, I left that for him. And it's better than that one was at yeah. five hundred dollars, and that was five hundred dollars. But five hundred dollars was a lot of money. Yeah, I mean, but, that's still a lot of money. Yeah, it, but yeah, comparatively, with I would. If I found five hundred dollars on the ground, I'd be pretty happy, you know. I'd oh, like, yeah, it's a new gun. It towards my house remodel, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Probably need some more tile. <laughs> No, but yeah, I mean, I, it's, it is kind of crazy how the prices come down and, and like I was just saying, price goes down, quality goes up and it's just like a win-win and, um, yeah, like they're the cool. Yeah. And the cool thing about this was we weren't even shooting. He had just gotten a wood chipper and man, this wood chipper is loud. Oh, I know. We stuck that on. After working my first week of construction, hence why I can't even keep my head up. <laughs> and it's so loud because I was helping like demo the tile out of my bathroom. And, you know, and so I used your pro because I'm like, how could you not? Like, and it's weird because, you know, I also see my neighbor a lot. She wears ear pro when she mows the lawn. And yeah. apparently actually like the motor like of the lawnmower actually can like definitely damage your hair. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's definitely, 
it's like it's a certain high pitch enough. and it's concurring and stuff like that. And and someone was explaining it to me because I was like, oh, look at my neighbor. She's looking for a baseball. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, no, if, if, you know? if the sound <laughs> is wears, a repetitive. Ones, and it reminds me of like that, that kid on um, Everybody Loves Mary or something. <laughs> you know, just like these really yeah. big earmuffs like i i really should just like give her a pair of my walkers and be like here like you know we don't we don't have to look fashionable when we mow the lawn i mean hell you should see me when i mow my lawn but i'll just be like look just wear these you'll thank me later <laughs> instead of these like huge dumbo ear you know outdated ear pro but yeah so anyways these things have many uses they're not just used for the range so if you guys would like to get yourself a pair, they have all different types, just basic all the way up to like, I think their most expensive pair is like two or 300 bucks. But you can check that out at walkersgameear.com. Use the code gunfunny20 and that's going to get you 20% off your entire order. Stupid, funny, cool, interesting, awesome as f- Never mind. AF. Today's AF segment. Forgot to return that video. Well, guess what? You're a felon. A Texas woman found out this year she'd be a felon for over 20 years when she went to update her married name. Uh, Karen McBride, spelled with a C. I would probably spell it too. My name is Karen. Makes it less Karen y, right? Got married this year and moved to Texas because of COVID. She had to make an appointment at the DMV. And when she went in to change her name on her license, they told her that she had a problem in the state of Oklahoma and gave her a number to call. She was connected to the Cleveland County District Attorney's Office and soon discovered that she was a wanted felon. The crime they told her was felony embezzlement, which she couldn't imagine how she was charged with. Then she found out it was because of a VHS tape which she thought, oh, this girl has to be kidding, but she wasn't. So in 1999, someone rented a copy of Sabrina the Teenage Witch in her name from an Oklahoma video store. No one returned the VHS cassette, so charges were filed. McBride was charged in March of 2000 for felony embezzlement of rented property. Charges stated that McBride did willfully, unlawfully, and feloniously embezzle a certain a uh, video cassette tape, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, of the value of $58.59. And that's kind of expensive. Was that the value in 1999? It wasn't, but all the rental places overvalued their things by like orders of magnitude. I, I think they were like maybe 10 bucks tops, but rental places always charged like six times what yeah. Yeah, that it actually was. McBride said that she'd never watched that show in her entire life and definitely didn't rent it. She then realized that it must have happened um, that her roommate at the time had two daughters around 10 years old and thinks that they may have rented in her name and never returned it. Then it dawned on her some things that happened to her were probably related. She had been fired without any reason given from a number of jobs since then. Anytime an employer ran a background check on her, they would have found the felony of embezzlement on her record. Thankfully, the district attorney announced that they would dismiss the case against her, but she'll still need legal help to clear her record. That's insane. Yeah. 
Yeah. And it's not the first time something like that has happened. There was a case a year ago where a guy got pulled over for something and the guy ran his ID and, oh, you're a felon in state of such and such and arrested him right there. I mean, you know, these video companies put these felony charges out on people for not returning things like this. And these companies don't even exist anymore. Like Blockbuster, yeah. I mean, they went bankrupt, I think like 10 years ago or something. And yeah. Well, except for that last Blockbuster. Isn't there still one in the United States? It's like, well, uh, but yeah, so they, the company itself went bankrupt. They franchised a very small amount of them. Like a year ago, there was still one left, but it's not the Blockbuster company anymore. They just have the name. Yeah. And it's, like a small mom and pop in some town in Oregon. Dude, I know because I watched the Netflix series on it. <laughs> That's how I know. But yeah, um, pretty crazy. Especially, and then I kind of want to go back to like those, her roommate's kids, like what little brats, like. Oh yeah. Do they even know what they charge, or, like what they, the damage, like, gosh. Yeah, how many I mean, jobs It's, it's kind of weird. Like, you know, when something does happen and then you look back and you're like, okay, now it all makes sense. Yeah, she's like, well, that's why I didn't get that job. And the interview went so freaking well. And I practiced like hours in front of the mirror, but okay. All right. So time to wrap up. iTunes reviews were all out. You guys didn't like my show last week and you didn't leave a review. And uh, I'm kind of sad by that. I thought for sure, like last week's show would have gotten some, I don't know, some sort of, I, I didn't actually hear from too many people about the show. Like, I thought maybe people would agree with me, disagree with me, whatever, but I figured I'd hear something and I haven't. Not sure what's going on, but guys, please leave a review. And if you guys want to support the show, if you like it and you want to make a one-time donation or a monthly donation, consider becoming a Patreon. You can do so by just going to the website, gunfunny.com. Click on the support the show link in the menu or just click. Uh, in the show notes, uh, we support the show and become a patron. You'll get access to our patron only Facebook group, which is a lot of fun. Also, Blown Deadline, he gives away a $300 gift certificate every month for an awesome Cerakote job. Yeah, I mean, all kinds of benefits. Jon Snow's in there. There's definitely a lot of really cool, like funny, caring people in there. It's like probably my favorite. It's just getting to know the people that listen to the show and and like it's just people all over the US. I don't think we have anybody from outside the US in the Patreon group. Not that I can think of. Yeah, I think they're all in the US. But we do have listeners that um live outside the US, which is awesome too. A surprising amount of them. Like a lot actually. Every time I look at the statistics, I'm like, what? Like I don't know, it's kind of crazy actually. Um Finland. Finland, South Africa is another one. Yeah. There's a big gun culture in both of those countries. Yeah. Well, it's like crazy that the show like extends that far. Anyways, guys, uh, if you are in Finland, South Africa, you're listening to the show. Hey, I see you. Thanks for the uh, the tick and statistics over there. Also want to thank $25 Patreons, Corbin Bonafide, Iraq Veteran, 8888, Zake Holsters, Justin Paulson, Jason Anderson. Sportsman's Guide, Daniel Treadwell, Keith Calamore, and Melissa Writings, John Snow. Hey, I know that guy. 
He wants me to say the reason the Energizer Bunny keeps going is because Operator Tickles is chasing it. Oh man, I could totally use a recharge. I think on that note, um, you should go take a nap. nap. Yeah, I have Tickles here. I haven't seen Tickles actually in like ten days. Speaking of little Tickles, I finally just picked her up from the babysitter, so she's gonna spend the night with me. But then I have to bring her back to the babysitters because then I have stuff to do. But I totally think I might just take a nap. But Grantham. Thank you for your time. Guys, go ahead and follow him if you don't already. As always, Jon Snow, it's a pleasure to have you back on the show. Thanks for doing the show with me because otherwise I may have fallen asleep and that would have been just the rest of the show. And then (laughs) like Sunday night comes around and turns out, hey, we don't have much of a show to post because I fell asleep and there's nobody around to wake me up. (laughs) But yeah. An hour of snoring. I know. But yeah, always a pleasure to have you on. So thank you. But yeah, on that note, I guess uh, I hope everyone has a great week and I will see you guys next week. Want to send feedback? Tell us about a company or anything else. Go to gunfunny.com forward slash contact.